0: Today, I have the great privilege of sharing on a topic that many of us can relate to. It's the idea of being in the middle. Doesn't matter what you call it, in between 50-50, halfway, but we can all relate to being in the middle. But the truth is, none of us like being in the middle. Even Malcolm didn't like being in the middle. Everybody loves the start of the journey and the destination, but nobody likes being in the middle because being in the middle is messy. In between jobs, in between careers, middle school. Wasn't middle school terrible? Middle school is awful. Midlife crisis, in between, right in the middle of a road trip, halfway through a workout, halfway through the work week. All of us, we would prefer to be at the destination. But some of us, we have a real love-hate relationship with being in the middle because it's messy, it's difficult. We struggle with it. But I wonder if God wants to change our perspective about being in the middle. What if we were made for the middle? Better yet, what if there's a miracle hidden in the middle? Today, I'm starting a new series entitled Miracles in the Middle. We're going to look at a couple stories in the Bible where miracles happen right in the middle of a messy circumstance. And here's the question I want to pose in your mind today. How might your life be different if you learn to look for the miracle in the middle? God has a miracle for you. So today I wanna share on the topic, dry bones to life. Dry bones to life. We're gonna look in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. We're gonna look through verses one through 14. And just to give you a little bit of context, Ezekiel's a prophet. And as you've noticed, as we've discussed before, prophets have a tough job because they gotta declare to the people what is happening. And in this point in time, The nation of Israel was really struggling, and God, through his spirit, takes him into a place to show his power. So again, join me in Ezekiel 37 verse one and following. Let's look at this together. This is entitled, The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. I want you to imagine for a moment Ezekiel is led by the Holy Spirit into a valley of dry bones a valley of dry bones. These bones have been forgotten. No hope, no future, no life. And the reason we know that they are forgotten is because in the Jewish culture, when people died, you buried their bones. But where were their bones? They were on the floor of the valley. These people had died and they were forgotten. Have you ever been in a point in your life where you look at the landscape of your life and you feel like you are living in a valley of dry bones? You're forgotten. Things are scattered and in disarray. You're struggling. You feel overlooked. You feel overwhelmed. And you wonder, can this ever live again? Is there any hope for my circumstance? Will I ever get beyond bankruptcy or financial difficulty? Will my marriage or my family ever be restored? Will my adult son ever come back to God? Will I ever be healed in my mind and in my heart and in my emotions and in my physical being? If you're here today and you're in a valley of dry bones experience, I want to tell you that there's hope because God turns messes into miracles in the middle. God is in the habit of turning our messes into miracles right in the middle of a valley of dry bones. I want you to notice that God leads him. He puts his hand upon Ezekiel and he leads him by the Spirit into a valley of dry bones. Anytime God is leading you into a circumstance, no matter how bleak it is, if he's got his hands upon you and he's leading you through the Spirit, guess what? There's hope. There's hope because his presence is with you and he wants to breathe new life into you. Because the same power that raised Jesus from death to life is the same power that wants to breathe into your dry bones experience and bring you back to life. God can do it through his Holy Spirit. He can breathe life into your dead marriage into a dead relationship with an estranged family member, into a dead business, into a dead career. God can do it. So today I want to share with you three ways to activate your miracle in the middle. Here are three ways that you can activate your miracle right in the middle. Number one, prophesy to your dry bones. Prophesy to your dry bones. Let's look at this, verse 4 and following. Then he said to me, This is God to Ezekiel. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse seven says this. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Sometimes we gotta do exactly what God commands. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Prophesy to your bones, your dry bones. Prophecy, though, is speaking into existence what is yet to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's speaking. It is echoing what God is saying. And I wanna just pause here and clarify for us that prophecy is very special. It requires us to echo what God is saying. It is not a preach it, reach it, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it theology. It's not this prosperity gospel that whatever you name comes to pass. We can only speak into existence what God has spoken into existence. You and I, we don't have enough power. We don't have the breath of life to speak life. Our words in and of itself are not powerful enough to bring about life. But when we echo the words of the Holy Spirit, what ends up happening is that dry bones come to life. Jesus gives us this example in John chapter 12, verse 49. He says, I do not speak of my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Jesus didn't speak of his own accord. He echoed what the Father spoke. And God is inviting us as believers to echo what the Holy Spirit is speaking. The problem is that some of us, we're trying to prophesy things that are not on God's agenda. Some of you want that iPhone XS Max, you know, the rose gold one. Some of you want that Supreme hoodie or that Supreme anything. Some of you want those Yeezys or those Vapor Max shoes. Others of you are trying to prophesy and bring to life an unhealthy relationship or an unfruitful business partnership. Don't try to make happen what is not on God's agenda. Some of us, we need to get out of the business of disobedience. That business will leave you bankrupt. So some of us, we struggle because we ask for the wrong things. But others of us, we struggle because we don't even ask. We don't ask for what we really need. James 4 verses 2 and 3 says this, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Envy will kill you. Car- comparison will kill you. It'll destroy you on the inside. Yet you don't have what you, what you want because you don't ask God for it. Some of us, we just need to go to God and say, God, what's on your agenda? I want all that you have. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So here's my question. What are you asking for? Is it even on God's agenda? What are you requesting from God? I've discovered in my life that the prayers that God answers is when I pray for things that is already on God's agenda, what he's already entrusted to me, what he's already echoing in my spirit. Some of us, we need to say, God, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. I want to move into this but God, you have full veto power over anything and everything that I do. I want all that you have and nothing less. I want only what you have. I only want to step into what you have for me. Some of us, we need to pray that prayer. And here's what I've discovered. When you begin to pray prayers that are on God's agenda and things that he has already allocated for you, you'll discover that if God spoke it, you can't stop it. But if God didn't, you can't start it. If God spoke it, no one can stop it. But if he didn't, don't start it. It will lead to disappointment. It will lead to disillusionment. It will lead to your destruction. Let's look again at what God instructs Ezekiel to do in verse 4. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 7 says this, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. God wants you to prophesy to the dry bones in your life. Be willing to echo the words of God and be willing to say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Because prophecy releases God's power. I love what God says and what he promises in verses 5 and 6. He says this, I will attach tendons to you. I will make flesh come upon you. I will cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you. And then look at this. You will come to life, and then you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord. I'm here to tell somebody that God's beginning to rattle things in your spirit. I know that you've been sensing it in your heart. I wanna encourage you to let God rattle your spirit. Let him put his hand into your soul and begin to turn things up. When I was growing up, my mom had wind chimes outside. And if you've ever had a wind chime, you know the sound it makes. In fact, some of you can even hear the sound of a wind chime But what has always struck me about a wind chime is that the wind, which is invisible, has the power to move what is visible. In the same way, the spirit who is invisible has the power to move what is invisible. We need to let God rattle our bones. We need to let God rattle our soul. We need to let him stir some things up in our spirit. But as he begins to move and to shift and to transform, I wanna encourage you. I don't want you to get frustrated because we often sense the move of God before we see the move of God. Don't get restless in the wait. Most miracles happen in stages, not seconds. I'm gonna say it again. Most miracles happen in stages, not seconds. Most of us, we miss our miracle Because it didn't come in the timeline that we expected and it didn't look like the way we expected it to look Many of us we get frustrated and I just want to recount a couple of things creation took god six days The miracle of pregnancy takes 10 months and all the moms can say amen to that jesus He waited 30 years before he stepped into ministry. And the greatest miracle of all of humanity, in all the history of humanity, Jesus being raised from death to life took three days. We need to remember that most miracles don't happen in an instant in time, but in a process over time. Verse eight validates that. Let's take a look. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. A couple verses before, God tells Ezekiel everything that he's going to accomplish. He's going to put his breath in them. But we discover that right here, God stops short. He doesn't finish the job. And I think some of us, we get frustrated because we see only a partial fulfillment of all that God has already promised. And we get frustrated. We say, God, what is the problem? Do you know that God grows us in the gap He wants to see if we have enough faith to keep going, even though we haven't seen the full fulfillment of the promise that he's he's whispered in our spirit. He wants to see if we're willing to continue to take steps close to him and continue to do the things that he invites us to do, even though we haven't seen the full fulfillment of it. Some of you are frustrated today because God has spoken to you about your future. He's spoken to you about your future job. He's he's spoken to you about your future boo. He's spoken to you about your future boo-boos. And you're frustrated because it hasn't happened yet. Can I encourage you? Don't rush the process. Trust the process. You're not ready yet. And the reason you're not ready is because you don't have the full fulfillment of the promise that God's promised to you. We need to be patient. We need to trust God. I've discovered in my life that if you rush it, you will wreck it. Don't wreck what God is preparing for you. I've discovered over time also that God has to organize before he animates. He has to organize and bring things in alignment before he breathes into something, whatever it is. Let God organize your life. What is God trying to organize in your life? Is he wanting you to finish your degree or get that certification so you can go to the next level? Is he wanting you to get healthy in your emotions and in your relationship with God before you qualify for that relationship that you really want? Is he wanting you to get your financial house in order? Now guys, I wanna talk to you just for a brief moment. I'm broke is not attractive, okay? It's just not attractive. Your girlfriend may tolerate the Wendy's dollar menu, but your wife won't. If you want to transition her from girlfriend to fiance to wife, you got to upgrade your income. Let God begin to organize your life. Some of you need to move out of your parents' home. God wants to upgrade your life, but... We have to let him organize before he animates. The second way to activate the miracle right in the middle is to breathe into God's purpose. Now notice, I'm not saying step into God's purpose. I'm saying breathe. Breathe into God's purpose. Let me put it better. Allow God to breathe into the purpose that he's put within you. Verse nine says this, let's look. Then he said to me, "Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from these four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We... Are cut off Now all of us have to breathe We inhale oxygen We exhale carbon dioxide But this isn't the breath That this passage is talking about It's talking about a word In the Hebrew called ruah which is the divine breath of God. And if I could take it one step further, the divine breath of God is the Holy Spirit breathing into you. That is the breath of life. That is the breath of life that God breathed into Adam when he was just a pile of dirt. That's what he did to bring Adam to life. So I know that you and I, we breathe, but here's my question. What is your soul breathing? What is your soul breathing? Are you breathing oxygen or carbon monoxide? They're both odorless. They're both colorless, but one will help you live and the other one will kill you. Here's what I've discovered, that the world, the enemy, and your haters will promise you oxygen, but what they'll really give you is carbon monoxide because the enemy wants to choke out your future hopes, dreams, and promises. But here's the good news that when God breathes into you, He not only gives you a new life, but a hope and a future. He also gives you divine purpose. And our purpose is not to make money, our purpose is not to be successful, our purpose is not to be insta famous. I know some of you want that blue check mark real bad. That's not the purpose. Because the badges and the accolades of this world have no impact on the kingdom of God. If you want to know what the king really cares about, the the king really cares about the wars we are willing to wage and win for him with his help. Verse 10 says this, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and a breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Our purpose is to be warriors for the king. Our purpose is to wage war for the king. God wants us to pick up the sword of the spirit and wage war. God wants you to pick up this sword and speak the truth of God because this is the thing that will change them. This is what will cut off the thing that is dark and that is dying within them. This is the scalpel of the Spirit. And some of us, we need to pick up the sword and wage war for our family and wage war for our coworkers and wage war for that difficult boss and wage war for our cousin who lives two states away. We must be willing to wage war for the king. as I was preparing this message and reflecting on these verses, I sensed in my heart that I needed to make verse 11 personal to you. Can I share it, how I got it from God? Can I do that? Verse 11, then he said to me, Jonathan, these bones are the people of Westover. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone, we are cut off. Some of you who are here today are joining us online are saying, my bones are dried up, my hope is gone, I'm completely cut off. But I wanna tell you that there's hope today because with God, your bones will never be dried up, your hope will never be gone, you will never be cut off because He is with you if he has his hand upon you and his spirit is leading you and he is speaking to you, none of this is true. In just a moment, we're gonna pray verse nine that says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. I want God to breathe into you. I want you to stand to your feet in your own heart and I want you to make war for the king. There are kids right now that are at camp and they need some believers to fight for them. There's some students who are gonna be going to camp and they need someone to fight for them. There's a coworker that you work with who has a secret difficulty and you need to war for them. When you allow the presence of God to breathe over you, you will be equipped for war. The third way to activate your Miracle right in the middle is to set others free. Verse 12 says this. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. When God breathes into you, it's not just for you. When God breathes into you, it's not just for you. This passage talks about graves, not a grave. It talks about people and not a person. It talks about them, not you. For you see, when God breathes into you, he not only brings you up out of the grave, but he brings the people around you who are in graves up out of the grave as well. Some of you just need to allow God to breathe into you so that he can work in your life and that you can be a conduit of his presence into someone else's life. The Holy Spirit loves to overflow. When He flows in, it's not only to give you just what you need, but to give you more than you need. And He always gives you more than you need so that you can give to someone else. God says this I will open your graves, I will bring you back. I want you to turn to somebody and say, He's bringing me back. He's bringing me back. He said, I will put my spirit in you. I will settle you in your own land. A couple weeks ago, I was out in the hallway and a couple came up to me distraught because they were struggling with a challenge with work. For you see the husband, he's in the Air Force and he had just been gone for 15 months, deployed overseas. And so he gets back. He's beginning to settle in. And a couple weeks ago, he got noticed that they were going to send him away from his family for two years. And they were overwhelmed. And they said, Pastor, what do we do? I said, all we can do is pray. So right there in the hall, we prayed together and said, God, we give you our future. You know what we need. next day, they got notice that he wasn't going to be sent to Palestine, Texas, but that he was going to be sent to San Angelo, Texas. It's a little bit closer. But last week, just a handful of days ago, when he got his full orders, it didn't say Palestine. It didn't say San Angelo. It said San Antonio. The Word of God says... I will bring you back to Israel, the land I promised to you. I will settle you in your own land. I will settle you in the home that I've promised for you. If only you let me breathe over you. If you allow God to breathe into you, he will accomplish everything that he has promised. He will animate everything that is dead in your life that needs to come back to life. But he's gonna leave the things dead that need to remain dead. But once he does that, you will know that he has spoken and that he has done it. And as I close, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me. Some of you who are here today, You're struggling because you're in a dry bones experience. You wonder, can these bones ever live again? Will I ever have hope again? Will I ever have a future again? Will I ever see healing in my family and in my marriage and in my finances and in my health? If you are here today, in just a moment, this moment will be for you. This moment will be for you. In just a moment, our worship team is going to come up and they're gonna lead us into God's presence. But before I invite them to come, I wanna read to you the words of God that were spoken through Ezekiel to the dry bones, because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the thing that God spoke to those bones then are the same words that he is speaking to our dry bones today. Church, listen to the words Of the Lord to you dry bones hear the word of the Lord I will make breath enter you and you will come to life I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin I will put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that I am the Lord come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, the land of promise. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. Some of you, that's the word of the Lord for you. And you've been wondering for days and weeks and months, can these dry bones come to life? If you are in a dry bones experience today, this is your moment. God wants to meet us right here in the altar. And so as the worship team comes forward in just a moment, I want you to rush forward. Don't delay and be willing to say, God, I'm here. I'm prophesying to the dry bones. I'm inviting you to breathe into my life. I'm inviting you to restore everything that the the enemy has stolen from me. God, I need you. Worship team, lead us into God's presence. breathe over our dry bones. Some of us have been aching in our spirit. We've been in a drought, and we're saying, God, when will it come again? When will your presence pour over my spirit again? You hear the hearts of your people. They're yearning for you. Those of you who are up here on the altar, continue to press in. We're going to sing this one more time, and I just want you to give God the very best Give him all that you have in your heart. Press in. Raise the level of your expectation. Because I'm not enough
1: unless you come. Will you meet us here again?
0: that there's a couple of you who are here and you're needing a miracle. If you're needing a miracle, I want you to raise your hand and and wave at me. If you're needing a miracle, raise, raise your hand and wave at me. God, you see, there are people who are in the middle of a mess and they need a miracle. God, would you hear the cry of their heart? They're here asking you, saying, Lord, will you afford to me a miracle? You did it long ago to dry bones, and I need you to do that for me today. I need that word to be true for me today. I need that right now. I don't need it tomorrow. I don't need it next week. I don't need it a month from now. I need it right now. You know what I'm struggling with. You know the difficulty that I'm having with my child. You know the thing that I'm having a difficulty with in my marriage. You know where I'm at financially, and I need you to show up right here, right now. God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit, that you would move and hover as you did between those bones, that your spirit would move and weave in and out into the presence of these people, Lord, who are here yearning. God, we are desperate for your presence, and I pray, Lord, that you would release your presence into your people. Read it one more time. Not for me. Was
1: I forsake the Lord is in this place The Lord is in this place.
0: midst, you're healing, you're restoring, you're transforming, let your word be true, let your word be fully fulfilled in your people today, God, they're hungry for you, they're pressing into you, I pray, Lord, that you would meet them right at the point of their need. that they would see you, and that they would say, I've seen him, he has done it, he will do it, he has accomplished it, in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would cause it to come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's give him praise in the house today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? It's been wonderful to have you in service today. We love you. God bless you. If you are needing to stay in the altar for just a little while longer, we're going to have the team just continue to play so that you can continue to be encouraged. God bless you, and we are dismissed.